Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On this episode of Barbecue and Tech, the results are in. Let's find out how someone did with their F-150 at a tailgate and sous vide along the way. I'm your host and Rod Simmons, joined by my partner, Kaim, and co-host, Chris Ashley. What up, dog? What's up, man? So this is this is how important this episode was. Rod's not even in the country, but we wanted to make sure we still recorded this episode and get it out to you guys because, you know, honestly, the results was a lot of fun. So what I want to hear, would the young ones actually bring it, or were they were like, they they didn't know how to do their size like I thought they could? That's what I want to start with. <laughs> so uh, on the last episode, for anyone that doesn't remember or you're new to the show, um, I I catered a tailgate for my godson and my my and his sister and uh, their friends, and <laughs> I told them to bring the sides and. I would take care of all the mains. And uh, so Rod was questioning whether they would come through on doing the sides properly. And I am happy to report that they completely failed the sides. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they did good. <laughs> uh, I guess not. It's not, it's not a fair assessment, but uh, it was, uh, they brought sides. So what happened was, you know, I, text my godson i was like hey just make sure you, you know you guys don't forget the sides whatever he's like yeah we got it so as i found out later the plan was for them to contact their mother to make sides for them mm, mm, mm. which is crazy because like i said they're Our all children great cooks but they're gonna recruit their mom to do the sides but they forgot mm. so so then, of course, they stopped. They now, so is it to be fair? They brought sides, but they just they went to you know the the grocery store and got the pre made <laughs> potato salad and all that stuff. And needless to say, it never even got open. They didn't even want the sides. They were like, "I don't even want." We brought the sides, but we don't really want them. We just want to eat the meat. <laughs> so I just laughed. Uh, we actually ended up taking one of the containers home with us because they had so many. They bought a bunch of sides, and there was no way they were going to go through it all. So oh, we ended up Lord taking we ended up taking some of it back home with us. 
And then, uh, yeah, but uh, that was, uh, I just sat there and I just looked and I was like, this mammal was, he, he jinxed it. <laughs> he completely jinxed the situation. Well, I am happy to know that I'm not off. I, I haven't lost that, uh, skill to detect. Yeah, uh, they let me down. Mistakes. They let me All down. Right. I feel better. Uh, I've done tailgates with them. I've done dinners with them. I've done camping with them. Not camping, uh, vacations with them their whole life. And, you know, we've even when we've gone on vacation, they we've had like a night where the kids prepare all the food and they've done excellent jobs doing it. I mean, appetizers, everything. And so I was like, there's no way they fail this assignment. They fail. <laughs> well, I love them nonetheless. Those are my those are my babies. Well, uh, yeah. Um, Even though they're 30. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still laughing inside. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it brings joy that I still know how kids are. And it, it I think it's when, when you're vacationing with them and it's their responsibility to cook for everyone, they bring it. But when it's just their stuff, it's like, uh, uh, you kind of cut corners. You know, we got to, re- honestly, the fact that they said we're, we called our mom to cook the sides for us and said, everything you needed to say all right to be fair their mom's an excellent cook and uh you know when we tailgate we we normally plan together when we when we've done our tailgates in the past you know whether we, we've always coordinated bef- with each other um and before we've gone so i could see that but anyway it was uh nonetheless it was uh it was just a funny thing all right so how did it go man so overall, the uh, the tailgating with the F one fifty was an absolute dream. It was awesome in every way, shape, form, and fashion, except for one, which is I'm rusty on tailgating. <laughs> so I've definitely forgot stuff. Uh, definitely left stuff behind. Um, but uh, but overall, uh, I had planned it out enough that. You know, it, everything went off well. Um, the food came out absolutely excellent. I was ex- very happy with the way the food came out and the time. Like I said, I wanted to leave at nine o'clock. Sorry. At, okay. Sorry. Not everything went off without a hitch. There was another issue that I got to talk about as well. But, uh, I, my plan was for everything to be ready. I was going to pull the brisket at, uh, I wanted to be there at nine. I wanted to pull the brisket at eight. I pulled a brisket at eight oh five. Where when it wow. hit one ninety five, yeah, I'm talking about perfect timing, yeah, uh, um, on that. And plus, I already and then um, a couple of uh, our fans suggested that I preheat. Um, they you know they either said a they use boiling water or extremely hot water to start the uh, sous vide machine. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Or preheat it, and uh, you know so. Just, I was going to do that. It didn't make sense to kind of plug it in and, you know, just ride with it cold. Right. So I was like, you know, let me just make sure I do that. So what I did was I actually plugged in the sous vide machine, um, before I went to bed. So it was at temp, uh, when I woke up at 180 degrees. And then I just, you know, once I loaded the truck, I popped it in last and then went ahead and stuck the, uh, the, uh, pulled the, uh, the, um, pull pork out of the refrigerator and just dropped it in there before I left, sealed it up and rolled out with it. Uh, so when I left the house, the sous vide, the, 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 the brisket was resting and the pull pork was heating up in the sous vide machine. So, I, d- sorry, did you 
did you just pull the pulled pork directly from the refrigerator right before you left, or did you nope. pull it out? Pull it right from the refrigerator. No, nope. right, pull so it right from put, the refrigerator. You put thirty degree blocks into one hundred eighty degree water. Yep. And yep. then while I you were want- driving, did you turn the water temperature down, or did you leave it at one hundred eighty the whole time? Nope, left it at one hundred eighty. Okay. Left it at left it at one hundred and eighty. I didn't bother switching the Bluetooth on the uh, on my phone. I, I was wondering if you checked the temperature like after you put it in because I know that if you put in, did you put the entire pulled pork in there or was it only you only brought some? Yeah, I I put it was I made it into two bags and I put both bags in. Okay, so yeah, yep. that definitely lowered the temperature of the water uh, tremendous. When you got there, and it, mainly for my curiosity, was it that's about an hour, hour and twenty minute drive? Was it back up to one hundred and eighty? It was an hour drive, and it was definitely at one hundred and eighty when I opened the uh, when I opened it up. Okay, so d- did it come directly? Like when you got there, I'm assuming you were like all right, opened up, it's at one hundred and eighty. You let it keep going, or did you pull the meat out and let it? No, nope, I left it. I just left it in there um, until I, you yeah. needed to serve. Until it was time to pull it out and put it in a pan. Yep. All right. All right. Yep. So how long from, uh, again, just how long from the time you got there until you guys were starting to serve food? Uh, you got the tailgate set up and you were like pulling food out. Because uh, what I'm trying to figure out is at a, if you, if you. It was roughly you, two hours. So sous vide from an hour drive, hour setup, open the bags. Steaming uh, hot. Steaming hot. Okay. So maybe, maybe, hot. That's a, maybe that's a secret is if you need to get. <laughs> the food quicker. Cause remember my, my process was 180, then back it down to 160 and it's heating slower. But if you need it quicker, bother. maybe that 180 is uh, the secret or, or maybe it, you could run into risk with the different meat types that you could dry it out a little quicker. Yeah. I, so I was in no fear after your experience with the brisket that it was going to dry <laughs> out. Um, a B there was great marbling on the uh, pork butt. Or the shoulder. Yep. And uh and so I, I just knew there's no way this thing is coming out of this bag uh anything but perfect. Um okay. so that's what I did. So I had seasoned it up, threw it in my wife actually pulled it for me because I was exhausted. Cause I did all that cooking all day. I was pretty much smoking for like twenty four hours. And then uh <clears throat> when I and and I still had to work out that night. So I worked out Saturday night. And to be clear, you used the cooler method with the sous vide, right? I did. I did. Any spillage? No, not not a drop. Not a drop. The cooler worked out absolutely perfectly. Um, Yeah, I love the fact that the cooler was uh, worked out so well. I mean, when I say the uh, the pulled pork was piping hot, it was literally as if I just took it off the smoker and pulled it. It was piping hot and completely juicy. So that was really cool. Um, aspect of it the um the so yeah so but i so i pulled the the brisket out immediately put it in the new uh uh caterade box that i have the uh styrofoam one and um that thing would i mean i could barely pick it up when i well by the time i open it to slice it i could barely pick it up it was so hot so that thing is still doing a great job of keeping the food hot so what was my number one mistake? No, pe- I just have to ask: Were people looking at the buffet you prepared and like, "Oh my gosh"? Uh, it was fifty-fifty between the food and the truck. Fifty-fifty. Uh, because I know the truck gets its, gets its look. Once you well, open that front trunk, that's a that's well, a high yeah, turner. The front immediately, obviously, does a thing. Um, but the people that were behind me, 
because we actually parked. And so, you know, so for folks to, at this stadium, they have different color lots. There's a green lot. Um, there's an orange lot. There's a platinum lot. And, you know, the orange is like the kind of like the club the level, up, club level seats. You get to park in the orange lot. Um, and then the platinum is like the booths and all that stuff. And then the green lot is, uh, is, Slightly higher than general admission, but definitely most of the season ticket holders are going to be in the green lot and there's a red lot. So we always parked in the green lot. So the the parking pass that I got was from one of the kids, uh, really good friends. And, uh, she, she, her company had, had a booth there or whatever. So she actually got me an orange parking pass, but the kids had green parking passes. But what they did was they, they, they parked at the divider between the orange and the green so what they did was like just go ahead into the orange and back in to where we're at and we're you know we're right next to each other so that's what i did um so the people that were behind us that were next to them when i popped the back of the truck open they look over and they see a bunch of machines plugged into the truck and so they're immediately like what the heck is going on here you know what i mean (laughs) so (laughs) you know and uh, when I pulled the pull pork out, then they were like, Oh my God, what, what, what's happening? You know what I mean? So that was pretty cool. But, um, my big, my biggest mistake was, okay. So if everybody remembers, um, one of the things I bought was a portable grill. And overall, the grill worked well. It did exactly what I needed to do. It used like the little miniature one pound LP tank, but all I needed it for was to reheat the ribs with you know by grilling put a nice char on the outside of them and that allowed me to sauce the ribs and cut them and serve them worked perfectly ribs were fantastic and the way i did my ribs was um normally after the wrap they go back in the smoker for like another 30 minutes to an hour um and that's what firms up the outside haven't been wrapped for so long but in this particular case, when I do this technique, I do not do that last hour. I just leave them wrapped and then I take them with me uh, to wherever I'm going. And then that instead of having that last hour on the smoker, that is now replaced by going directly onto the grill. So I get the same effect on the outside of the rib. The nice charring. It's still very tender. Everything, the flavor is there. Um, it just allows me to reheat it faster without having to do anything crazy to it. And it worked like a charm, like it always has for me. Um. I ended up doing the um, the the chicken thighs again. This time I did scrape the skin and bite through skin. So definitely made a huge difference. Um, scraping the backside of the uh, chicken thighs. Um, they looked great. Um, very uniformed uh, look inside the uh, the uh, loaf pans. Yep. And it just made it easy. I mean, they took about, you know, about two hours um, and they were done. So they came out really good. Um, was happy with the results of those. Uh, and I, so what I did was when I, again, went, instead of saucing them and putting them on the smoker, I, uh, I saved that process for the grill. So while the, after I did a few racks of ribs, I took the, the thighs, put them on the smoker, sauced them, uh, flipped them over, sauced them and that whole nine and then put them, you know, put them in the tray for, you know, for anybody to grab. Okay. And, uh, People were like, yo, this, this chicken is like probably, probably one of my favorite things that are here right now. They love the, the way the chicken came out. So I was very happy with that. Um, but right, again, sorry. I've, and maybe, maybe I, I zoned off. I, you, you started off with the one mistake I made and then I feel so, like yeah. 
All right, so, all right, okay, we're getting is. there. I was like, here look, it is. all I, we want to know is how you failed. So <laughs> get to so, that. Here's okay, my don't failure. Bear the lead. So I bought this grill, but I had and I bought it and I threw it in the front and I left it in the front because I didn't want to forget it or anything. And the whole time I was like, you know, I should probably just open it and just test the LP tank uh, just to make sure the tank, the tanks work on the on the on the grill. So when I was loading the truck and this was like right after I pulled the brisket. So I'm right on schedule. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be safe because if I need to stop by Lowe's or Home Depot on the way out, I will. And so I grabbed the box, brought it inside, opened the box. Assembly required. Every single piece. No. Every single piece. Oh, dear gosh. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It never dawned on me that they had it this far uh, dis, uh, disassemble. So I'm talking about all right, the only thing that, that actually there was nothing together. The so I, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to consider me not having to weld the grates, yes, I didn't have to weld the grates, but the, the, the top of the uh, grill, I had to put the handles on. I had to, I had to put the handle on. I had to put the hinge on the top. Um, oh. the, the bottom also had a handle on each side, but one of the handles had the lighter on it as well. Um, I had to put the uh the regulator in through the hole. I had to put the uh the the the, the diffusion plate in. I had to put the burners in, and then the oh legs. They're they're foldable legs, so those had to go on. And could uh, you imagine being the jerk who showed up to a tailgate with a grill that's not assembled, <laughs> dude? <it's, laughs> oh God, I would have paid money to see that. I want people to be clear. I've delivered furniture in my life, and delivering furniture entails a good knowledge of how to put stuff together um, because when you deliver it, people want you to assemble their stuff. This is not, this is not a, ch- you know, a challenge for me, but it took me 45 minutes to put it together. Oh, and you were ready to walk out the door. And I was ready to walk out the door. You oh. talk about steaming mad at myself. <laughs> and normally if I can be mad at somebody else, it makes it a lot more tolerable because I don't make those mistakes. And yeah, I compl- didn't dawn on me. Never dawned on me because I've bought portable grills before and I didn't have to assemble them. I just used them. But in this particular case, I had to assemble every piece of it. And as a matter of fact, here, look at this in the camera. This I didn't put I didn't even bother putting the latch on <laughs> because I was like, all right, that this this latch that has two screws in it is going to save me about 10 minutes. <laughs> I was just so irritated. Done. Right. So um, so I got the legs on, got the, everything put together. But that so. You know, little side tip right there. If you buy something like that and you're tr- preparing for a massive event, just double check to make sure it's, uh, yeah, there's no assembly required after the fact. That so, is, that is utter madness that you were dealing with that. Yeah, like, that really bummed me out, but it's okay. Um, you know, I got there an hour later than I wanted to, but it was still early. Um, was, you know, I got there about 1030. So it was still plenty of time to tailgate and have a great time uh, while we were there. Wow. But it, it, again, still having fun. I was expecting you to say I just threw the tools in the car and figured I'd do assembly when I got there. No way. I I, I could have done that, but anything that I needed, you know, I have a tool bag that goes and stays in the in my truck, but it just I just wanted to be safe than sorry because I needed to grow, right? Because that would have been half the menu 
messed up if I didn't have access to the grill. Oh, funny, yeah, that would have been worse than their sides. Yeah, so funny thing is, and I look behind me, just, you know, I always survey to see what people are cooking and stuff. Uh, two two rows over, dude had the same exact grill. I don't know what I wanted to walk up to him. I was like, how long did it take you to put it together? <laughs> but I didn't bother. But uh, this, I mean, when I say the same grill, the same exact grill. But that led me to believe that I might want to teach myself how to weld or learn how to take a class on welding. I have, I even though the portable grill did good, I've never come across like the perfect tailgating grill. I've had some close ones, some really good ones, some like collapsible ones, but I really want my own, you know, heavy duty grill that I, that I can use myself. Yeah. I think the challenge, at least I think we've found over the years of tailgating you run into, um, is you can't control the weather in a tailgate and what, and often you're in a very open area. So you right. can have a grill that works great on your deck because you have your, your house shielding you from one of the angles or you're relatively closer to your house. So yep. you're blocking the wind or you can reposition the grill if need be. But you're in a tailgate. You're just open area. So yeah. if the wind is blowing super hard, it's, you're, you're fighting flames. Yep. Um, or if it's one of those days where it's, it's just frigid cold like we at least if if you're down in arizona or vegas tailgating these are not california you don't have a challenge with cold weather but when you're dealing with a grill that has very low btus and you're talking you know it's a 19 degree day that was one of the worst experiences that we've ever gone through yeah because you're like i can i can almost put my hand on the 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 flat top of the grates of the grill and it's just there's virtually it's almost no heat and we ended up taking, I'm sure people are wondering, say, how did you get through it? We actually ended up taking foil and wrapping it around the, like some of the vents. Because what was happening is you need the vents so you can get airflow to keep the fire going. But the, the, it was so windy and so frigid cold that it was just cooling off. So we had to block some of the vents on the side. And then we ended up kind of making a structure to kind of block the grill from some of the wind as well to kind of you know, to allow it to give us uh, the ability to heat. And then we got to grill with more BTUs. Like that was the one thing we were like, we, I don't care. Just give me the highest number of BTUs you can find on a grill. So we don't ever, because again, like you, the grill worked great in the summer. It even worked great on some of the windy summer days because it still wasn't fighting the just sheer cold temperature. But when the wind and the cold together, and that was forget pretty. it. That was a wrap. So. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy to. Well, your brisket timing, perfect, uh, flawless. So uh, flavor, off to you in that tenderness, everything. Um, I probably it probably went a little past than what I would have wanted to go. So I probably could have pulled it about thirty minutes earlier. After you know, and you never know until it's everything said and done, right? So. You know, I was able to fold a slice over the knife and it not break, but it was kind of a bit more brittle than I would want it to be. But the, but you know, that's, that's fine. It was delicious and, you know, moist and juicy. I'm still now you didn't watch, you didn't sit down there until the game was over so they could do like an after tailgate. You were, you rolled no. out as soon as uh, the tailgate No, I pretty, everything that I prepped for the table, I just put in a pan and said, take that home. And which was quite a bit, right? Uh, and then whatever was not prepped on the table, I I just took back for for our house. And um, okay, so you have brisket, you have pulled pork, you have some chicken, chicken. Yep. All yep. right. And uh, so yeah, pretty much everything. Um, and one of the sides. <laughs> so so through this uh process, I did kind of um 
you know, do a debrief with myself. And honestly, I have, if, you know, anybody's listening to this that has a F-150 Lightning or you. <coughs> Electric vehicle with plugs in it. I mean, uh, really, that's yeah, what you need. Or even just a or, generator. Okay, yeah, or yeah. Well, um, even a, or like a, a electric generator or a even a, a gas truck with electric outlets. I think any of those yeah, would probably put my them in the camp with you. Yeah, so I did end up with some tips that I think can uh, help folks uh, if they do the same thing. So tip number one is don't limit your thinking once you have these outlets in place. Really take advantage of the outlets. So for for me having the lightning – being able to run the sous vide machine while I was driving really just became an awesome timing issue. Uh, not an issue, but uh, a, a factor, which just made everything else so much easier and so much more pleasant. Um, so, you know, and so if you go down that route, think about speakers and all of that stuff, it really opens up what you can do uh, from a use case perspective. Um, having outlets that you can directly plug into. So, um, di- you know, don't limit your thinking. Take advantage of the outlets that you have. Yeah, I honestly, I look at it from just with the ability to use your CV machine. Uh, to me, that becomes like a staple of doing a barbecue. Things are coming off at different times. Uh, something I had to refrigerate the night before, I need to reheat it. Like to me, whether it be tailgating or not, like that, that now is a very, if you were on the fence of, I don't want to buy sous just to, you know, boil steaks in a bag, if that's how you kind of look at it, for that reheating alone is, uh, trem- I mean, that, I think that ups the usage of it tremendously. Yep. Big time. Yeah. So uh, my second tip, um, bring an extension cord. <laughs> Wait, you have an extension cord? Man, they are still sitting right here in the front door. <laughs> you are out of touch. You are uh, out of practice. Out of practice. So normally, uh, and just go. So essentially, what I used to do is I had a bin that was my tailgating bin. Yeah, it was a plastic container, and I actually had two of them. One was like utilities, like extension cords, remote controls, batteries, you know, for stuff like that. And then I had another one that was like paper goods, yep. uh, paper plates, forks, knives, spoons, napkins seasonings like salt and pepper and stuff like that. And then everything else I would bring based on what the tailgate was, but those were a staple. So I would always check it to make sure they were full or they needed anything, but I would pack those. Um, so I, I didn't have that anymore cause I hadn't tailgated in years. So I put the two extensive cords by the front door next to my portable speaker, left all three, left all three. Jeez. Uh, but so what that ended up, what I ended up having to do was, um, when I was using my induction cooker to heat the barbecue sauce, uh, which was awesome, being able to plug the induction cooker in, um, that and that thing is, you know, you pulls like fifteen hundred, so yeah, you know, the truck was running that while running the sous vide machine, no problem. Um, so being able to heat the sauce off of that thing, it heated up so fast, and then. Um, but I had to do it on the tailgate, right? So instead of moving it over to the table or anything like that, which is where I wanted to do it. Um, and then when I took one of the bags of, uh, pulled pork out, I took it out and the, the, the seal that I made immediately broke as soon as I took it out of the water. And so the, the pulled pork just dumped right on top of the tailgate. Now, of course, that ain't stopping me that just scooped it up 
and we still ate it. You know what I mean? But, um, but you know, I wanted that to go into a pan, not into, you know, not on my tailgate first. So, um, and that would have been much better had I been sitting at the table, right? I've been able to move everything over and manage it better sitting on the table instead of reaching into the back of the, the tailgate of the truck. So, uh, definitely having an extension cord to make sure you can position things wherever you want them. You know, make sure you do that. All right. Yep. I like that. All right. So the and, next and tip. I, I will say to me, what you described as your bin you always use, it reminds me of when I uh, travel. It's like my go, my go bag. It's right. There's always the key things I need. And when you're not tailgating every weekend, you just don't need it. Right. Uh, so definitely, as Rod just mentioned, my third tip is Oops. sous vide reheat is that that's the stuff right there. If you have, and uh, you know, keep in mind, you don't have to buy a full kit. You can just buy a sous vide machine and use your own pot, use a $26 cooler like I used. But reheating barbecue with the sous vide uh, device was stellar. And even, and of course it made it even, even better. The fact that I could do it while I was driving. It, it's just, to me, it's just the right move. Uh, for, for massive amounts of reheat, right? If you're just making a plate, I wouldn't say, you know, grab a sous vide so you can heat up a plate of barbecue. But if you're reheating a bunch of barbecue, like you made a bunch of pulled pork, you froze half of it. Now, like, you know, it's two weeks later, like, Hey, let's have this rest of this pulled pork for dinner. Man, that sous vide is the way to go. Okay. Uh, so now this is specific, specifically for the lightning. So we had a, a a small debate last week whether I should transfer the Anova app to Bluetooth as opposed to Wi-Fi uh, to be able to manage the device while I was driving. And Rod was like, you should just switch it. And I was like, no, uh, because, you know, for the most part, I'll know if it's on because I can see the meter in the truck. Uh, the power so the, draw, right? The, the power draw. And sure enough, halfway through, I looked and I was like, hmm, this thing is sitting at uh, 90 watts. That's not enough. And so I pulled over on the highway and opened it. And sure enough, the water temperature was sitting at about 165, but it wasn't on because I was so excited that I put everything, dropped everything in the water. I never actually hit the play button or the on button. Oh, yeah, yeah. To tell, tell it to, kick to go. Up, yeah. And remember, I unplugged it, right? So I just, so I pulled over, opened the tailgate, hit the button. I heard the, the you know, the kick on and closed it, went back in. It was sitting at about 250. And I was like, now we're cooking. You know what I mean? And so the exact reason why I cited that I didn't need to switch to Bluetooth is, is it, it just accidentally came right into you. So being able to see that drawer, make sure everything was okay and, uh, and actually be able to act upon what I was seeing. Yeah. It's a good idea. If you got stuff plugged in while you're driving and it's something you need to monitor, keep an eye on your meters so that you know you're getting what you want out of it. So definitely uh, leverage that. And then finally, again, specifically, if you've got outlets in, in your truck or, um, your vehicle, um, you know, the one thing I was super concerned with was sliding of the cooler because it did happen to me uh, when I was testing it. And so there's two you have you pretty much have two options, right? You can a uh, grab a ratchet strap and strap that thing, strap the, the lid to the uh, cooler and keep it closed and then 
be kind of strap it into place wherever you plug it in and, and leave it. Um, I instead did not strap it, but I have a rubber mat and we'll post that in the show notes that I actually use for sanding. And it's really cool because what it does is it allows, if I'm sanding like a board, I can just lay it on top of that mat and that thing is not going anywhere. And I have a really aggressive sander uh, most of the times. Um, and it just doesn't move because it just grips the surface and it grips the material and allows it. So I just knew in my head that that thing would work perfectly to keep the cooler in place. Uh, so I grabbed my mat, I laid it down. Uh, I put the, um, not only did I put the, uh, the cooler on the mat, I actually put the grill on top of it too. Okay. I just checked, I just checked it, uh, today and they're still in the same exact spot. They just haven't moved. I mean, it's so, so either direction you go, uh, definitely use a rubber mat for anything that's plugged in or use a strap to strap it in because you definitely don't want that thing flying around and bashing all over the place. And it absolutely worked out perfectly for me. All right. Awesome. So that's it. So those are the five tips right there that, uh, my five takeaways, if you will, uh, from tailgating with the, uh, with the F-150 lightning. And it's funny, uh, this week I just saw my third lightning. Saw a gray one for the first time. Looks pretty cool. Uh, I, it's funny. I pulled up on the guy and I was trying to get his attention and he thought I was mad at him because he was making a turn and, uh, he was kind of sticking out a little bit. And, um, I was like, no, no, just put your window down. And he finally rolled his window down. I was like, man, congratulations. When'd you get it? And he was like, oh, oh, oh sorry. I got it in uh, July. Uh, and I was like, oh, I've had mine since June 2nd. He looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've had mine for a while. Um, but it looked really nice. And then, uh, so I was like, congratulations and, you know, enjoy it and drove off. He's like, I didn't even realize you had the same thing I have. <laughs> he, he didn't. He had no idea. He had yeah. no idea until I showed him, like pointed to the truck. And I was like, you know, it's the same thing. So it was pretty cool. So that's the, that's the second one I've seen now outside. And I saw a red one. A week ago, and, a, and then that's the first gray one I've seen in a while. But it was pretty cool. But anyway, the uh, yeah the 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 tailgate came out great. We just used um, reg- I used regular uh, Kaiser Kaiser rolls for the uh, pulled pork sandwiches. That came off. That went uh, without a hitch. Uh, tons of uh, aluminum pans to kind of lay everything out so people could get them. I didn't take the brisket out until I was absolutely ready to slice it. So it had a full two hours and change to rest and um i just you know kept the juices uh, in the pan and then i sliced what i did was because i didn't have my oil separator with me um what i did is i kind of set the pan at a slight angle so the juices kind of fell quickly into the corner but the oil the grease from the fat was a lot slower to move and so i just grabbed some paper towel and soaked up all the oil so that was just more juices in the pan versus um, just juices and oil. And that worked out pretty well. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just sli- I sliced up the whole brisket and laid it back in the pan and, you know, let folks to have at it as they, as they wanted. The pulled pork, I actually um, had, it was pulled, it was uh, sous vide, heat reheated. And then when I, I, when I opened the bag and put it, finally got it into the pan, then I went ahead and added some, uh, like a, a thinner, uh, more Carolina style, uh, red sauce to it, uh, which is my preference for pulled pork. 
Generally, I don't put sauce in in the pulled pork. I let people do that on their own. But for a tailgate, I don't mind adding it in directly. Now, are you doing yourself a favor in getting those knives sharpened? Yes. uh, I have been slacking on getting my knives sharpened. um, And uh, I need to get those out there immediately because that was a thank God. Like I had bought that new bigger knife. Um, you remember, I can't remember what it's yeah, called, I do remember, yeah. that bigger one that I bought. So it's not my brisket knife, but I bought that and I hadn't used it in a while. So it was still extremely sharp. So that's, I knew that going in. So I just took that with me to the tailgate and was able to slice the brisket off. No problem with it, but, oh, okay. All right, good. but trimming the brisket, yeah, it was a bit rough. I was like, oh, these things are struggling. So yeah, I got to gather those up and take them in. Yeah. I think there's, there's no, uh, if you're sharp, I mean, I know you are very diligent about you sharpen your knives uh, wh- while you're cutting in between, but there's there's no experience like taking in let the, let the professionals sharpen your knives. And we have a great shop near us that you yeah. take your knives in today and tomorrow. You know, by noon you can come pick up all your knives, and I usually will take in a dozen knives, get them all sharpened, and uh, just. I also, I think it's a it's a good business because I walk in there, I wind up coming out with a new knife every time I go. Well, in. That's what happened to me last time. That's why I ended up buying that knife the last time. But uh, definitely, like if you have like your, try to have two sets of knives. We've we've talked about this before, so that you can take it. Just it's just an understatement to say when they come back from from the sharpening, it's some of the best trimming of brisket and uh pulled pork that you will ever have now i'm you know i've got experience so i'm I'm pretty good at using a steel to sharpen the knives so that's how i was able to get through and i had some intricate you know peel work to do um on the uh on the pulled pork uh but it went off without a hitch so but still it yeah the, the, the knives definitely needed to be sharper yeah it's fantastic well i'm yep. I, i'm really happy that uh that this all went well for you. Uh, I'm disappointed in the kids not bringing the sides like they're supposed to, but uh, like I, I called it and I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I, uh, when you first started, I really thought you were to report that they, that you were wrong, Ron. I don't know why you were worried about this. So, um, yeah, but I, again, I'm glad the tailgate turned out well. I'm glad you uh, didn't yeah, the have a real disaster because that would have been definitely worse than them forgetting uh, the stuff. But yeah, I think it's one of those things we just forget is, you forget what it is when you buy a grill. Like you don't buy a grill for a couple of years. You forget when you open the box. It's like all assembly required, not some, just all not of it, some, every last all, piece, every piece of it. But they, to, to their credit, they did label the grill uh, very well. Um, and so, if anybody's looking for a portable grill, I would definitely, you know, I would give this one a nod. You just have to make sure you, you know, you you can put the darn thing together. But uh, it did it did really good in the end, you know. Um, you know, the regulator could have been a little tighter, but you know, I, you don't expect much when you, you know, you buy a grill for that cheap. But I, I really have been like, okay, I really need to learn how to weld and make my own. Uh, Do you see yourself grill. tailgating again this season? Probably not. No, I, but I did offer my nephew and uh, I met my nephew, my godson and his sister. I said, if you guys ever want me to make you something and, you know, we can meet up. And you guys can, you know, I'll drop it off to you or you can come pick it up. Yeah, I'm happy to do. Yeah, like cook. free brisket, free chicken. Nah, nah, nobody said anything about free. I just said, <laughs> if you want to do another barbecue for your tailgate, let me know. You know, I'm happy to, you know, do that and, and get it off. Uh, the meter came in clutch. Uh, no issues with the meter whatsoever. Did his job perfectly. I know one of our fans in our discord was mentioning that they were having trouble with disconnects 
on their meter. And I've, I've seen that from time to time, but all I ended up doing, oh, oh no, I take that back. There was an issue with one issue with the meter. And I, uh, we'll talk about it here in a second. But, uh, you know, when I see the disconnects, I usually take the probe out, clean it, um, clean both the, the charge port on it and the rest of it. And, you know, to clean the charge port, you can grab yourself some like very soft sandpaper or like a piece of, uh, the green, um, scrubber pads and just make sure that thing is clean, put it back on the charger. Yeah. It and comes it, back to shiny, at least from yeah, my experience yeah. so far. Yeah. And it usually, that usually clears it up for me. Um, but one, another tiny issue. So I had planned everything out meticulously, uh, timing and everything. And so I wanted to have a good night's sleep. I, you know, put, the, I wrapped the brisket before I went to bed, threw it in a pan, put that, you know, put that in the, in the, uh, and the smoker. I woke up and I was like, hmm, what's the temperature? I guess the me first thing I checked, uh, disconnected. And I was like, okay, it's not uncommon for it to disconnect, you know, uh, but I should normally, uh, I, w- I would be able to see immediately what the temperature is. So I run downstairs. What happened? You know, it, uh, the battery died on the meter. And to me, this is one thing. And I actually sent this feedback to meter. It's like, there's no reason that this thing only runs on batteries. It batteries should be a backup, if you will. I should be able to plug it in. You know, I have outlets right next to where I'm using it. Uh, cause when you plug it in, it's only to charge the, um, the probes. It doesn't keep the device on itself. And so, so I immediately grabbed the battery, some new batteries, put it in, but my brisket was, you know, sitting at 185. Uh, so it was, uh, it was close, but it wasn't ready yet. So, um, so the timing was good and I got up early enough to, to make sure, you know, that was going to be up before the brisket was actually done. So that, that happened. And then, um, tiny, let me see, I did have a tiny, oh, one more issue that I had during the smoke. Uh, and this goes out to, and honestly, it really boils down to just double checking everything, constantly double checking everything. So while I was smoking, it started raining like cats and dogs. And so during that rain, I guess a little bit of water got into my, my little utility extension and the GFI tripped. So that cut the power to the, you know, to the smoker. So no big deal. I just went and kind of shook it out and put it under the smoker so it doesn't get wet. And then I hit the GFI, the lights in the shed came on and I was like, I'm good to go. Uh, yeah, I think the, my little extension, uh, got burned out because the power never got restored to the, to my blower, to my, um, my flame boss. Even though I plug, I plugged it in. I was just like, "All right, we're good. The lights are on." Never checked the flame boss itself. And so when I woke up in the morning, the temperature had dropped to two to two thirty from the two seventy five that I had it set at. So thank goodness I have a great smoker that literally can maintain temp, you know, very well. And so it didn't. It dropped because when you're using a flame boss, you want to close that top vent as much as possible because that allows the the blower to control the temperature more uh than 
then if you if you have it open, more air is going to get out than you want, and it's good. It's going to overshoot the temperature, and it's it's just not going to be able to keep keep it down. But when you have it closed just slightly open, when so that means when the fan stops blowing, it actually starts to bring the temperature down, and when the fan's on, it can bring the temperature up. It, it works a lot better in in the in that setup. Right. Um, so yeah, so the temperature was sitting at two thirty, um, and then I looked and I was like, oh. You know, there's no power. So I'm out there in the rain because it was still raining. So I had to grab a second extension cord, uh, run it through and then plug it back in. And then I ended up cranking the temperature up a little bit just to kind of get it back up to temp faster. But like I said, the brisket still came out amazing. And, uh, but so two little, two little, three little challenges overall, but they were all, you know, of my own, my own doing. Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. like again, it sounds like you had a good time. I think some great tips for people who are going to be tailgating this season, whether it be at a uh, uh, college football games or at pro football games, uh, and or your kids' game, whatever you know. Yeah, amen, uh, man. yeah. So that was it. Uh, all that thanks to the folks that uh, offered their tips and their help, and thank you everyone that's uh, listening and continuing to help grow the show. I can't, you know, just we just appreciate it so much. We see the numbers going up. We see uh, more comments on Twitter and discord and people you know asking questions so that was that's really really cool and we're having a great time doing this podcast so absolutely keep tweeting it out keep keep sharing it with your friends uh, we, we appreciate it so much all right man we're ready yep, let's get out of here man all right we out peace on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.